0: Hey, this is Mohal Joshi from Los Angeles, California. I follow Indian foreign policy and defense with a special focus on Asia. You can follow me on Twitter
1: at Mohal Joshi. Hey, this is Kishore Narayan from Bengaluru in India. I am an international relations expert specializing in global security, conflict resolution, and international negotiation. My focus areas include peace building and digital diplomacy. You can find me on Twitter at Veggie Diplomat. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of India Rising Strategic Affairs Conversations with Mohal and Kishore. Maldives went to polls on Sunday, 23rd September, to choose its next president. Being a nascent democracy, these were its third democratic presidential elections. The incumbent president, Abdullah Yameen, was pitted against a joint opposition candidate, Ibrahim Mohammed Soli. In an outcome that surprised most observers, the opposition candidate trumped the incumbent president and is all set to become the next president of the Republic of Maldives on November 17th. In today's episode, we discuss the importance of Maldives in the South Asia region in general and in the Indian Ocean region in particular. And in the backdrop of the presidential elections, we analyze its impact on India's foreign policy. But before we dive into the details of the elections, it is pertinent to understand the significance of Maldives as a state of significance in the Indian Ocean region. Maldives is a small littoral state just south of Lakshadweep Islands in the uh, Indian Ocean. They sit just south of the crucial shipping lanes uh, and it has, and traditionally it has been in the Indian sphere of influence. In fact, in 1988, when a coup d'etat attempted by hired mercenaries overthrew the then president, Mamun Abdul Gayoom, the then Indian prime minister Rajiv Gandhi dispatched 1,600 troops to restore the status quo in Maldives in an operation code named Operation Cactus. India received gratitude and praise from both Maldivians and Western powers alike for this quick and prompt military action. The first multi-party presidential elections were held in Maldives only in 2008 when uh, Mohammad Nasheed defeated the incumbent President Mamoun Abdul Gayoom, who had been the president for 30 long years. Nasheed continued the pro-India tilt in the Maldivian government and had excellent ties with New Delhi. However, Nasheed was later forced to resign in controversial circumstances in 2012, which he claims was at gunpoint and was replaced by his deputy, Mohammed Waheed Hassan. Mohammed Waheed Hassan never lost an opportunity to rub the Indians the wrong way. In fact, Waheed also cancelled the contract given to the Indian business firm GMR for the privatization of the Malay International Airport, which was awarded to it by the previous Nasheed administration. Wahid infamously gave GMA just a week to get out of Mali, and India was left red-faced, seething with anger, never knowing the actual reasons for the cancellation of the contract. In the subsequent elections in 2013, the current president Abdullah Yamin defeated Muhammad Nasheed.
0: So since coming to power, Abdullah Yameen has uh, slowly turned his rule into more of a kind of a de facto dictatorship, where he has crushed dissent and jailed his opponents. Now this reached a climax just uh, in January of this year, where the Supreme Court had removed the terrorism charges against opposition figures. So Yameen in turn to override this decision, which he didn't favor. He declared uh, emergency and even arrested two Supreme Court justices. He even went to the extent of arresting his uh, own half brother and former President Gayum. Now Nasheed, who was in exile, uh, escaped uh, being jailed. Uh, at that time, uh, the U.S., India, and several other countries issued strong statements to Maldives to respect uh, to show respect for the rule of law. Now, while India had been disapproved of happenings in Malay, uh, it had com- contemplated in- directly to re- uh, intervening to restore the rule of law. However, the situation is much different from 1988, where you can't just sin- simply launch a military operation to restore order because due to the presence of China. So, China, uh, after this uh, incident earlier this year, issued a veiled warning against. Uh, uh, foreign interference in Maldives implied that India shouldn't take any military action. Uh, for the past few years, uh, be it the cancellation of the Malay airport deal or awarding it to the Chinese or the signing of the free trade agreement which, uh, mind you, was rushed in complete secrecy in the dead of the night through parliament, uh, the Chinese influence has steadily grown in the Maldives. So. With the military option off the table, like if you see the the other, uh, India is like basically hamstrung with, with the lack of good options. Uh, India and Western imp- countries can uh, impose hard-hitting sanctions, but Maldives also uh, has been turning slowly to China and Saudi Arabia for funds and money, which means the sanctions could be counteracted by getting uh, money from uh, Saudi Arabia and China. Now, it has been... Uh, pretty much clear that Yamin is no friend of India. Um, The ex-president Nasheed, like while in exile, he had mentioned that China has taken over six of the islands and has been quoted as saying that without firing a single shot, China has grabbed more land than the East India Company at the height of the 19th century. Um, In February 2018, uh, it was reported uh, in the news that Uh, China was going to set up an oceanic station in the northern Maldives island close to India. So this would not have probably any military value in my opinion, but this also allows them to now track movements of surface ships and submarines which just passed south of uh, the Indian peninsula which will erode for India's advantage in this region. Uh, Interestingly, uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has made it a point to visit all the South countries, except Maldives. Uh, I mean, Pakistan was visited on a brief stopover on Nawaz Sharif's birthday. So I'll count Pakistan in for now. So this has been a snub to the regime, which has been uh, blatantly anti-India for the last few years. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Modi uh, canceled his visit to Maldives, which was part of a four nation visit to the Indian Ocean neighbors. As Maldives had arrested its ex-president Nasheed at the same time. So uh, in bit of a, like statecraft or pol- polity, whatever you call it, uh, with there were some uh, UN Security Council elections uh, for the Security Council. So there was uh, a turn of Asia to select a new non-permanent member. So what India did was there were basically two candidates. There was Indonesia and Maldives. In the beginning, so like India would support Maldives because it is one of its crucial neighbors. But as it was unhappy uh, with the developments in Maldives this year, what it did in terms of a true statecraft, it it changed its vote from Maldives to Indonesia, and Indonesia ended up getting selected as a non-permanent member of the Security Council. So the only advantage that India has is like, compared to China, is the geographical proximity to Maldives, which means that India can land troops if necessary within in the Maldives with, within a couple of hours, while the Chinese ships uh, which, which are sailing from the mainland would take more than a week. So uh, another interesting fact was that uh, China, though it has entrenched itself well in the Maldives, it didn't even have an embassy prior to 2011. So China, since establishing its embassy in 2011, has established, uh, uh, rapidly uh, expanded its support for infrastructure development in Maldives. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, there was, as part of the several pacts which were signed, One was the free trade agreement. So uh, Mr. Yamin has not only uh, fully endorsed the maritime Silk Road Initiative of China, but also has made Maldives the second country in South Asia after Pakistan to enter the free trade agreement. Now, uh, regarding the political crackdown, uh, Abdullah Yamin, he enforced a state of emergency and ordered security forces into the Supreme Court and arrested the former president, uh, which the opposition has called as a purge in the purging of the opposition. Now, uh, during the emergency, interestingly, Moldavian government sent special envoys to friendly countries which included Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and China to apprise them of the situation now india wasn't included uh, initially which is surprising because of the india first strategy that they are supposed this that they've supposedly follow uh, the Maldives government later tried to play down it saying that the dates didn't see, suit new delhi uh, also like they have been receiving like almost like 160 million in aid from saudi arabia during the emergency and Yamin has uh, continuously issued uh, cryptic messages to india to uh, prevent any military intervention uh, in India. And Yamin also has tried to rub India's nose in it by, uh, like, as you know, there are a lot of people who work in Maldives through work visas. So uh, as per some reports, like more than 2,000 visa holders have received to fail their extensions uh, or their work visas getting renewed after they expired. Uh, So this was like Yamin trying to... uh, show India that he's not going to be uh, uh, getting cowed down with their threats. Uh, Interestingly, Nasheed had asked for military intervention as did uh, uh, BJP MP Subramaniam Swami, but uh, ME had to quickly put out a strong statement saying that the views of Mr. Swami were in his personal capacity and the government didn't uh, entertain that same view of that a military intervention was needed.
1: Yeah, so all, all this actually uh, <clears throat> increased the expectation and the hype around the uh, presidential elections that were uh, conducted uh, last week. Uh, as much as Yamin was becoming unpopular outside Maldives, at home too, his popularity had nosedived. And the rest of the political parties formed an electoral alliance to defeat Yamin. In this regard, the joint opposition put up Ibrahim Mohamed Soli as their candidate. 54-year-old Soli has been a career politician known to be one of the closest friends of former President Nasheed. As the election dates approached, Yamin's high-handedness reached epic proportions. He tried to influence the election commission's handling of the elections, in addition to raking up old corruption cases against his political opponents. Incidentally, Indian journalists uh, were added to a list of international observers uh, who would go and uh, observe the actual elections taking place. But not surprisingly, they were not provided visas to travel till the last minute. One day before the election, Moldavian police uh, shut down the opposition's election office. This prompted the British High Commissioner to Sri Lanka and Ambassador to Maldives issue a statement. Uh, saying that they were very concerned about the happenings. Similarly, the United States States charged the affair to uh, Sri Lanka also issued a similar statement expressing concern about the happenings in Maldives. On the voting day itself, while a total of uh, 262,000-odd Maldivians were eligible to vote, approximately 90% of them uh, turned out to vote. An interesting tidbit about Maldives' elections is that Maldivians living in Sri Lanka and Malaysia can vote in their national elections in Colombo and Kuala Lumpur. Unofficial results that were announced the same day indicated that the opposition candidate had won. Ibrahim Soli had won by garnering 58% of the votes, whereas the incumbent Yamin could manage only 41%. Indian Ministry of External Affairs unusually issued a statement even before the Maldivian Election Commission announced the results officially. Similarly, the U.S. too issued a statement urging calm and respect for the will of the people. A day later, Yamin conceded and in a speech indicated, uh, and in a speech indicated that he won't be quitting politics and would continue serving the people of Maldives. Ibrahim Soli announced that Modi had called him up to congratulate and also invited him to New Delhi. While accepting the invite, Soli also assured Modi that India will be, in quotes, closest friend of all time. On the other hand, China too welcomed the successful completion of elections and congratulated Soli on winning. While all this was happening, uh, news came out that Yamin's legal affairs minister was actually trying to get the election results annulled by the High Court. It however succeeded in getting the announcement of official results delayed by claiming that frauds were committed during the elections. But this was quickly followed by support of the armed forces to Soli, uh, and the election commission finally uh, declared, the elec- uh, declared the results. And it is now to be seen how smooth the transition will be. In fact, Maldives will witness a rather long transition period until 17th of November when Soli will be sworn in. Modi has now been invited to the swearing in ceremony of President-elect Soli.
0: So the result like does validate India's strategic patience to await the election result Without being uh, forced into any military intervention and into the domestic affairs of a friendly neighbor, the election result will reopen avenues for mending fences and bringing India-Maldives ties to an even keel. Uh, the root of the cause of the mistrust between India and Maldives is the Chinese footprint uh, has been growing in the archipelago. Now, this result. Uh, should provide an opportunity for India to say gain some lost ground. There should, however, be no doubt that even a friendly Soli government will continue to balance China and India, I mean more in a new nuanced manner. China is likely to mount a major effect a, effort to protect its strategic investments and its ongoing projects in Maldives. Soli will certainly be wooed by intensely by China. India, unable to match China in the money power, has to use another tools at its disposal to ensure that Maldives doesn't cross any strategic red lines like allowing China to build any military or security facilities on the island. Now, Mr. Yamin's, has certainly produced a favorable outcome for New Delhi. It should seize the moment to rebuild ties with Malay. Now, I mean, as per my opinion, again, it would be better for Prime Minister to visit once the government is is settled so they can discuss the affairs at length. If he goes in for the swearing it will be a good photo optics Uh, but I mean they might not be able to get much done. It would be better in my opinion to let's say send uh, the external affairs minister Sushma Swaraj or the Vice President Venka and I do. Now this also shows that the lessons were learned from Nepal I mean the lesson learned from Nepal the 2015 blockade and the Maldivian experience of 2018 is that india has to use its levers of statecraft to secure our interest uh, in a way that it doesn't hurt hurt the common man like it did for the common folk in with the blockade in nepal and it which in turn had a negative effect because it increased the anti-india sentiment in nepal but uh do you use the levers in such a way that the Regime is impacted and they send the message about our interests. So what we need to do is like be firm about our security concerns but be polite while listening to their concerns. Like basically what I meant to say is avoid the overbearing big brother syndrome telling them that what is best for them. I mean regarding the debt, I mean you can change your government overnight which the Maldivians did but you cannot change your debt position. The Chinese are bound to stay. I mean, they might be kicked out of a few projects. Um, I mean, the good part is that the relationship which had tilted too much towards China will now return to a balance between India and China. I mean, as far as India, we shouldn't like just celebrate the victory and forget about Maldives. India will have to shower love on uh, Ibu Soli for weaning for winning it away from China on a more sustained basis. Uh, also, on the long run, it will be... It will be interesting to see if this joint opposition unity, where they put up one single candidate lasts, or whether China will try to buy buy off coalition partners to stay relevant. So this will be, as I say, like another interesting uh, chess match in what I call the great game between India and China.
1: Indeed. So yeah, and my take on it is that uh, what we are witnessing in Maldives uh, repeatedly it's actually mere political realignment to defeat the incumbent. So uh, this has been the third presidential election, and each time the incumbent has uh, lost to a joint, uh, joint opposition candidate. Or what do you call uh, Mahagathbandhan. Mahagathbandhan in <laughs> uh-huh. the Indian, Indian political lingo. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So while while such realignment don't bode well for political stability within the nation. It also causes much damage to regional and global policies that the nation wishes to pursue. In this regard, India will be forced to look beyond mere political parties that are friendly to India, as such closeness might evaporate quickly, unable to withstand external pressures. Therefore, it becomes imperative for India to not just engage the political leadership of the day, but also to strengthen the state institutions, like the election commission, the human rights commission, the supreme court and other such institutions which hopefully will work for establishing the rule of law and strengthen the democratic forces within the country. Helping the administration to reverse any steps taken by the dictator that had harmed the well-being of the nation, be it socially, politically or even economically, becomes key in this regard and that should form the true agenda for New Delhi re-engagement with Mali.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, I think uh, our former Secretary uh, Saran, in an article earlier this year when the emergency was imposed like rightly said that I mean in 2018 it might be the right, uh, it might be the wrong time to intervene militarily, the time to go was technically in 2012 where Nasheed was uh, removed at gunpoint and the democracy process was not followed. So he did appeal for intervention, but I mean, the previous government, maybe it was in election mode, was looking to the 2014 general elections. Then the UPA government didn't do anything and we missed an opportunity. So uh, as you just mentioned, like uh, Kishore, like the... the the democratic institutions need to be made made stronger. So such a coup doesn't occur, which is uh, harmful for Indian interests. Because what we have seen is since that uh, throwing over of Nasheed in 2013, the India relations have steadily gone downhill. And luckily we we caught a break because everybody just thought that, okay, Yamin is going to rig the elections in his favor and it's going to even go further down so we shouldn't be left at a position that we are staring down the barrel of the gun that there's nothing we can do and we are helpless so it would um, have been better to, to yeah, do the oh, and, uh, and looking, back and then...
1: looking at all the reports that we have got we have enough indications to claim that uh, yamin actually tried to rig the elections so it was not just not that he didn't he actually did but probably he was too overconfident for his own good
0: yeah yeah i mean uh usually the incumbent has lost so uh that in looking in hindsight that was uh, a trend which we did everybody did miss but the, the the point i'm trying to make is like the intervention has to be done at the correct time and that would have been the uh, correct time to intervene but the previous government for all its wisdom like didn't want to intervene uh and like the problem could exponentially grow much uh larger than what it would have been today so yep. like it's time to like uh build up the ties now since that we should just seize this moment to uh rebuild the ties and also i mean grant you like nasheed was no fan of india as per like many reports like he was also trying to uh, balance china so now this is where the small state uh uh balancing comes in so all these nations, what they do is they try to balance India versus China. Now, let's say like maybe a few decades ago, like India was the sole power in the region. So India could choose to ignore uh, like the interests of these nations and have no implications at all. Now, what has changed is another, we are no longer the only game in town, right? I mean, China does want to invest. And uh, even though it's like debt diplomacy, as many of us have pointed, But they also so now what the country small nations do they try to balance off uh india by china what happened in case was really bad because if some kind of balancing is okay just like you see we tried india tries to balance with russia and us right so these countries that try to balance india versus china but unfortunately if things go wrong then you could have a case where you could completely go towards china and have a huge security risk in your neighborhood so that's the thing like the small nation balancing is going to happen there's no way to avoid it we just have to make sure that none of these nations they can balance all they want but our red lines cannot be crossed at uh, any moment. so the, back to the point of Nasheed like he was no fan of India but uh, I think maybe there might be some thinking within New Delhi that hey Nasheed was no longer no not a fan of India so it's okay if he gets replaced maybe that might be the thinking uh but that was wrong thinking because they didn't think about the strategic indian interest which would be harm for the next five to six years
1: yeah and in that case uh, they were actually deposing an elected uh, president uh, yeah exactly which, which actually again uh, uh, went against the rule of law
0: yeah okay. i mean and still the other thing is that two-month gap also is a kind of concern in my opinion because i mean it, like yamin would be made office but let's say all the controversial deals he signed, maybe he might try to destroy paperwork or try to make some arrangements where they are never disclosed. So that's other point of concern that India has to stay vigilant uh, in the it's... next two months that no funny business is done by Yamin before he demits office in November, mid-November. Yep, yep,
1: yep. And we have to uh, continue watching uh, Maldives ever so closely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so dear listeners, if you are listening to our episode for the first time, uh, each episode uh, we recommend to you any book, article, or any other read that we feel might interest you. Keeping the practice going, Mohan, what is your recommendation?
0: So, my recommendation for this week is the article on the recent developments in the models, including the elections by Harita uh, from Mindmakers and mm-hmm. i believe we'll provide a link uh, with the podcast
1: to the article so you want to tell what the article covers
0: yeah it does cover the the history of Maldives and the India and the China angle and the, how it impacts uh, the India Maldives relation. Uh, relations interesting, interesting.
1: okay my recommendation is a book titled Operation Cactus, Drama in, drama in, the, in the Maldives by General Ved Prakash Malik. Uh, as I already pointed out earlier in the in the episode, uh, the Rajiv Gandhi administration had sent out uh, troops to Maldives to, to defeat the coup that had been staged. So this book by General Ved Prakash Malik is actually about that operation. Uh, this was a unique mission for the Indian Army. Uh, Within hours of receiving an appeal for assistance from the government of Maldives, Indian troops rescued President Abdul Gayoom and foiled a coup d'etat attempt by rebel forces led by Abdullah Lutufi and assisted by the uh, Tamil Secessionist group from Sri Lanka called the People's Liberation Organization of Tamil Elam. On the notice of a few hours, the Indian military put together a strong task force that flew nonstop over 3,000 kilometers from Agra to Mali and restored the Maldives government's control over the capital. In this book, General VP Malik uh, tells the story of this coup and the alacrity, expertise and meticulousness with which it was executed. In the process, he focuses on the decision-making processes that were followed at the political and military strategic levels. As well as at the operational level. He writes about defense and military diplomacy and provides a historical as well as a futuristic perp- perspective on India's higher defense management. Go ahead and read this book guys. It is actually a fascinating read. A very short book hardly about 26 pages but I'm pretty sure you would actually like it. So that, dear listeners, wraps up today's episode on the 2018 presidential elections in the Maldives. We hope you now have a vivid understanding of the impact it might have on the India-Maldives relations. On a lighter note, we also feel you are now able to distinguish between the Gayums, Nasids, Yamins and the Solis and their India policies. If you have any comments or suggestions, do let us know by commenting below. To continue hearing about such interesting topics, do subscribe to our channel India Rising and also tap on the bell icon to be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. Until the next episode, this is Mohal and Kishore signing off.